Hello everyone, welcome to Jay-Z and the Amazing Technicolor Podcast. This is episode 6. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy Zerby. I know I've said it before, but recording a podcast is a lot of work. And if you'd like to help me keep it going, you can do so by buying me a coffee. Just head over to Buy Me a Coffee and make your contribution. The link is always in the show description. Today, I want to go a little deeper into something I touched on last week. Early in the episode, I said that when we talk about love, we have put these restrictions and limits on it, such that it no longer really looks like love. A passage in the Bible, a particularly famous one even outside of the Christian community, describes love this way. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. If you don't know your Bible, that little poem is from the book of 1 Corinthians. And I think, no matter your background, this passage has a lot of validity. It is rather timeless. It's almost become cliche. Then again, it would seem that love has become rather cliche. Going back to my preacher roots, I want to take a moment and break this passage down a little bit. So bear with me if you're not accustomed to this sort of thing. Paul, the author of 1 Corinthians, begins by stating that love is patient. I don't think he's setting about putting this in order of importance. I think he's just writing this out as it comes to him. But he begins with love being patient. If you love someone... You're patient with them. You don't fly off the handle at their every little failure. If you love someone, you are willing to ride out the storm. Patience can be cultivated, but I believe it is also something that is inherent in certain other traits. Patience resides within love. Love is also kind. Kindness and patience go hand in hand. If you are unkind, chances are you are impatient. Reverse that. If you are impatient, chances are you are unkind. You will want what you want, and you will want it now, and you will do whatever it takes to get it. Now, you will yell and scream and throw a fit just to get your way. You will insult. You will hurt others. Because when you are unloving, you are easily angered. You will act the opposite of loving. Because love does not dishonor others. 
another trait of love that Paul mentions. Love does not envy or boast and is not proud. In other words, not only does love not lust after what belongs to others, but it also does not brag about what it already has. It does not walk around with an air of arrogance. Love walks in between. Love walks in contentment. It laughs with those who laugh and mourns with those who mourn. Love is not self-seeking. Love shows concern for others before it shows concern for itself. Those acting in love are not out to build their own kingdom at the expense of others. Those acting in love want to build a kingdom, but they want to bring others along with them. They want others to be a part of what they are doing. Because love is not an exclusive club. It is not reserved for a specific kind of person and kept away from everyone else. Love keeps no record of wrongs. This is a tricky one. Because on the one hand, we need to call people out. And yet, we also should forgive others. As Jesus said in his model prayer, God forgive us of our sins against you in the same way we forgive those who have sinned against us. We shouldn't hold grudges or carry around these lists, making sure people never forget how they have wronged us. And yet, all too often, our culture revels in this. It, it gets power from holding a detailed list of what someone has done wrong. All in the name of love. Especially when it comes to those who have already repented of their actions. Or those who are in a different political camp. We keep this detailed list and we weaponize it against others when they point out the indiscretions of those who happen to be on our side. But her emails. Does that one ring a bell? Even worse though, we have created an ever-growing list of things that we use to justify not acting in love. Gay, 
transgender, black, immigrant, liberal, woman. We even go so far as to seek out and find sin in places where it might not even exist. One of the most culturally relevant passages in the Bible right now is Leviticus 18.22. Modern Bible translations read, Depend, depending on the version of the Bible, it'll say it in different ways, but the gist of it is, do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. Evangelicals take it for granted that this is what the language means. They take it for granted that these passages are speaking of homosexuality as in two men or two women being sexually involved with one another. And they find further proof of this in Corinthians when Paul says, Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men will inherit the kingdom of God. But these passages were not always translated this way. Before the late 1940s, these passages were, were translated to speak about in the case of the Corinthian passage, the, the word used there to talk about men who have sex with men, that was translated as boy molesters. The sexually immoral, idol worshippers, adulterers, pedophiles, they're the ones who don't get to be a part of God's kingdom. Male romantic relationships are not the targets here. People of all walks of life do this, though. We seek out sins that we can use to exclude people from being a part of our group. <laughs> because we love those people. We love them so much that we have created detailed lists of wrongs to hold against them. We love them so much that we want them to look just like us. As though we are perfect. Love rejoices in the truth. To say it negatively, love does not delight in lies. I don't think I'm out of line here to say that love hates lies. Love calls lies out. One who is walking in love is sickened 
by blatant falsehoods. Anyone who can find joy in or enjoys the power that is gained by spreading lies is not walking in love. They do not have love in them. Love is in stark contrast to what we are seeing in much of our political and religious discourse. If you follow church news, you have heard about the fallout surrounding megachurch pastor Mark Driscoll, the arrogance and hate with which he treated those who worked with and under him, the abusive control he held over his staff. That is not love. And yet, those are the kinds of people we lift up as our leaders. People who refuse to admit any wrongdoing or claim that the only way that they can lose is if the other guy cheated. People who will do anything to maintain their grip on power, no matter who they have to hurt or destroy along the way. This is not love. We are called to live differently than this. We are called to something higher, better, something revolutionary. The Christmas season tells a story of just such an event. Whether you believe in Jesus or Santa, the story is much the same. Someone arriving with the intention of giving to others out of their abundance. We are called to live like that. How willing are we to do so?